Hey everybody, welcome back to Looking for the Real God. This is Christy Lynn Wood. On today's episode, we're going to sort through some of the things that distract us and stop us from finding the real God. When I started this podcast about two years ago, I called it Looking for the Real God. And that's actually been my tagline on my blog for years. Guys, this is my passion. This is the just the passion of my heart is that we would all find the real God. And so as we talk through these deconstruction weeks of what it looks like to deconstruct our faith, our ideas of church, and just everything, and we tear it down and we build it back up again in reconstruction, hopefully, I just think it's so important to just take the time to realize that (laughs) we can't build it up by ourselves. And if we just build it back up with our own understanding again, like we're failing ourselves. We're not going to find the truth because There is a very real God, and we need to look for him and find him. Hebrews 11.6, one of my favorite passages of all times, says, Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. And so we have to start with this place of faith where even if we just have a tiny bit of faith, we believe that God exists. Does he exist? If he exists, who is he? And then as we draw near to him and we try to find him, it says he rewards us. He's not going to reward us with like material blessings and health and all that kind of silly stuff. He's going to reward us with himself. He's going to show us that, hey, he is findable. And that's the best gift of all. That's what we all want. I look back at the last 18 months. Oh my gosh, 18 freaking months of COVID that we've had. and. I just see once and again that human reasoning and human wisdom has just been upended. Every time we think we know something about this stupid little virus, we get proven wrong. Literally every time. And it's just like, it's so crazy that all these humans who think we're so advanced and we're so smart and we're so evolved and all those kinds of stuff, like we are being totally outwitted by this little microbe. And uh, it's humbling. It's humbling. But if we're going to find the real God, we have to start in this place of humility. It can't be about human reasoning. And so often the people who are deconstructing and deconverting and calling themselves ex-evangelicals and stuff like that, they really hold on to this idea of like what I believe and what I found and my own understanding, my own reasoning. And everything is just through this human lens. And that's so popular right now in our culture. Like that is just the idea of human reasoning and our human understanding is just so prevalent. And it's almost like it's weird and awkward to believe in spirituality because it's something we can't see. It's something that we can't really touch or experience or experiment on. And so it's like this weird thing that we're not supposed to believe in. But guys, I look at our society, I look at our world, and the more we become so into our own human understanding and we reject the idea of the mysteries of God, like we're not happy. We have become such cynical, broken, angry people. Like it's not pretty. You look at the last 18 months and I feel like all we've seen is just like negative humanity. Like it has been ugly and it's still ugly. Just the fighting and 
just all the social media stuff and the media and the conspiracy theories and people who are just so mean to each other online and just even in real life, it's just this weird tribalism that has come up and it's people are like, oh, we're so evolved. No, we're not. We're turning into these like crazy tribal people who just want to like kill the other tribe. Like it's awful. It's awful. And this is what happens when we try to do things our own way. When we ignore the fact that there is a God, that he exists, that he's got things in place for us to be discovered, that he has a way he wants us to to live and to walk. And we just, we miss it. And, and we end up in this place of brokenness. And even though that is just disturbing to me and just very sad and just, oh, I hate it. Like I'm, I'm equally disturbed and just brokenhearted by the fact that I feel like the church just does not have any answers right now. Like the corporate church in general, the evangelical church, like it's just as caught up in politics and conspiracy theories and crazy stuff that's not actually biblical as anybody else is. And that's just so sad to me. And so here we are in this place of brokenness. And all I can think of is like, we need someone to save us. We are desperate. We cannot do this by ourselves. Humanity does not have what it takes. Like we will never be able to get it together. We will never be able to save ourselves. We will never find this place that we're looking for, this place of perfection. Because deep in our hearts, whether we acknowledge the fact that we believe in God or the Bible or the Garden of Eden or any of that, every single human has this longing for more. Like we were made to be more than this. And innately we know this is broken, that it needs to be fixed. And we try to fix it. And we do it in our own ways and we mess it up because we're broken. And it's just, it's like we have this, we know. <laughs> we know it's not supposed to be like this. And we know we're made for more. So what do we do with that? Where do we go with that? Guys, I want us to find the real God. I want us to discover who he is. Not create him by ourselves like all of the different people have tried over the many, many, many centuries of humanity. All the thousands of years we've been trying to make God in our own image. You think about the Romans and the way they just kind of like mythology. They they created these gods that were, oh, and the Greeks, the Greek mythology. How they created these gods that were kind of like just better versions of humans. They were slightly more powerful, slightly bigger, slightly whatever. But I mean, they weren't necessarily good. Some of them are really awful gods. <laughs> and um, but it was definitely made in people's image. Like we we designed them because we made them. And you look at every different religion that has a God that's been just created by people, and it's very similar. Like, we create these gods that are like us, only bigger, and maybe scarier, maybe more powerful, sometimes better. And it, it's not the same. I am 1,000% sure that there is a real God who exists and who is nothing like us. Because we didn't make him. He made us. And guys, that is my heart desire for you is that you would discover him for yourselves in the same way that I have, in different ways than I have, but that he would be discovered by you, that you would find the real God. So as we deconstruct the Christianese we've experienced and the church hurt that we've experienced and just the broken religion that we've experienced, I pray that you will be able to still hold on to hope that God exists and that maybe he's nothing like you expected him to be. When I think about the brokenness of our current church situation, the only thing that really encourages me is the fact that I look back at when Jesus came 
and lived and died here 2,000 years ago in this world, there were some really religious people who totally missed him. And that didn't stop him. And so I look at our church right now, and honestly, so often it seems like we're more like Pharisees than we are like his disciples. And yet, it's not going to stop God. He's always going to go around and do something else. And I love that. That is encouraging to me. The fact that our misunderstandings of him and our misrepresentations of him and our being ignoring of him and everything else, like it doesn't change who he is. It doesn't change what he's going to do. Nothing we can do changes him. That's why he called himself I am. That was his name. Like I exist. I am who I am. Whether or not we believe him, whether or not we want him, whether or not we seek him, he does not change. He is who he is, whether we like it or not. I love that. I love that he's not manipulated by me, that he's not controlled by me, that he's not some God who's wimpy and weak enough to be able to make me decide what I want him to do, that he just is who he is. And guys, I pray that you'll find him. I pray that you'll be able to humble yourselves and just lay aside your own understanding and your own ways of thinking of things and your own ideas and just say, God, if you're real, I want to know you. Will you show me who you are? And as I've said on this podcast many times before, my own personal experience with God and who he is and how I've discovered who he is has been multifaceted. Yes, it's been through scripture as I've read the real Bible for myself and really understanding context and the author's intent and just the visual images and who he says he is and who other people experience him to be. So yes, yes, scripture, definitely. But also like through nature. I think one of the biggest problems right now with the idea of macroevolution is that God just kind of gets written out of it. Instead of being an intentional creator who purposely designed things, he kind of gets written out as like, oh, well, he maybe started the process and then he just stood back and let it happen. And I just, I just can't, I can't be okay with that. Like microevolution, absolutely. It's scientific. We've seen that there are changes that happen within species, but I just don't have enough. There's not, I don't have enough faith to believe that macroevolution exists. There's just not enough evidence to me to say that we all just evolved from a lower life form. Like when I look at the world around me and I say, no, like, Anything that happens by chance is usually bad. Like good things don't necessarily happen out of this. It's just, it's just impossible to me. And when I think of the creation as, as being designed by a God who, who loves us, like I see him everywhere in it. I see his character. I see his fingerprints. I see just bits and pieces of who he is that he's left there for us to discover about him. And I love that. I love that. And yes, my own personal experience with Jesus comes very, very close to all of this. Like the things that I can't can't understand or explain to you, the mystical things, the emotional things, the, the feeling of like, was that really God talking to me? Like, I don't know, but I think so. All of that can't necessarily be explained or proven. And yet it's, it's true for me. It's, it's something that has happened to me. And, and I believe that he's real and that he's good and that he loves us. The love that he's given me for people who are broken and who I shouldn't be loving. Like I've, I've experienced him. I felt him. And so, gosh, guys, I'm just passionate about this. Like I don't want you to be content with a God that was made by humans 
and it's just slightly bigger than humans. And I don't want you to be content with an angry, like judgmental God who's out to get you. Like none of that is true. It's all created by humans. He's nothing like that. He's so much bigger and better. And he just wants to restore us. He just wants to restore us and bring us into a relationship with him. This morning, I was doing some research about Moses and the snake in the wilderness when they had the the plague of snakes that came because of the Israelites because of the Israelites' disobedience and complaining, this plague of snakes came and they were getting bit and they were dying. And Moses um, called out to God and God said, hey, put a bronze serpent up on a stick pole and um, if whoever looks at it, will live. And so I was doing some research about that and just kind of tying it back in with Jesus. And I got thinking about um, the serpent in the garden. And so I did some just digging and I know that in Jewish tradition, the rabbis love to just grab different words that are everywhere and say, hey, look how this pulls together. And so I really thought to myself, huh, serpent, where else was serpent in the Bible? I knew in Garden of Eden. And, um, but as I'm researching, I found this rabbi who was talking about the snake. When Moses was before Pharaoh, he turned his staff into a snake. And then um, he picked it back up again and it became a staff. And that was a sign that God had given him. And this rabbi was talking about how this was a sign of the separation that had happened between God and people. And that God was actually calling his people back into an intimate relationship with him. That Moses showed that he had the power over the serpent, which is the thing that divided them. And he was reminding them, come back into this intimate relationship. And I was like, oh my word, I love that. Like, this is who God is. He wants us, guys. He wants to be in a relationship with us. He wants to know us. He wants us to know him. But he is not who we think he is. He is not who we think he is. He is bigger and more powerful, and more crazy, and more holy, and more different from us, and set apart from us, and he's good, and he does not do evil, and he he can't be around sin. Like, I believe all of that. Yet at the same time, <laughs> he chooses to be around sinners. He chooses to save us. He chooses to walk with us. He chooses to never leave us alone. And even in the Old Testament, when there was no Jesus' sacrifice, he was still there pursuing people and talking to them and walking with them and all of that. And so he's just crazy. He's amazing. And he's worth finding. And he's everything that could ever satisfy our hearts. Like he's everything that we could ever long for. And we screw it up. We screw it up, guys. We turn God the Father into this angry, distant, judgmental being. We turn Jesus into just a good person to follow as an example. We either try to manipulate the Holy Spirit or we just completely ignore him. Because we're his enemies. We are the enemies of God. That's part of the things that sin has done to us. It's caused us to be God's enemies. And yet God pursues us. He's given us his word. Spirit continually pursues. Jesus came to be right in front of us, showing us who God was making the ultimate sacrifice so that we can be brought back into a relationship with God. Like, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. And I've talked about this many times on other episodes. And so you go ahead and go find those other episodes if you want to keep talking about who God is. But I just want to encourage you, as we're deconstructing, as we're reconstructing, remember, there is a very real God who wants to be there with us. And I hope and pray that you will find him. Until next time, guys. Keep searching. If you enjoyed this podcast, I would love to have you join me over on my website at christylynnwood.com. For more content, free resources, and opportunities to connect 
with a community of people who are looking for the real God.